the Lord stood by. Our meditation comes from Acts chapter 23. The wider context of this scene goes back to chapter 22. Paul, along with his companions, had gone to the temple to perform certain purification customs in order to refute the claims of many that he had completely rejected his Jewish heritage in his mission endeavors to the Gentiles. While there, he was recognized by Jews from Asia and was falsely accused of defiling the temple by bringing Gentiles into areas where they were forbidden to enter. A wild mob formed and was about to kill him when Roman peacekeepers came in and prevented Paul from being murdered. He was arrested, so all this could be sorted out by Roman authorities. The next day, Paul, the chief priests, and company appeared before the chief captain of the Roman authorities to settle the matter of the accusation. In this scene, Paul had just declared that he was on trial because he believed in the resurrection from the dead. In effect, he was throwing a theological hand grenade into the middle of the room. We pick up reading in verses 9 and 10. And there arose a great cry, and the scribes that were of the Pharisees' part arose and strove, saying, We find no evil in this man, but if a spirit or an angel hath spoken to him, let us not fight against God. And when there arose a great dissension, the chief captain, fearing lest Paul should have been pulled in pieces of them, commanded the soldiers to go down and to take him by force from among them and to bring him into the castle. Paul's remarks ignited a violent argument among the two Jewish factions present, and he was right in the middle. Paul had to be removed from the court, then he was basically thrown back into prison. The whole ordeal was a train wreck. Paul had a great love for his brethren, the Jewish people. He wanted nothing more than for them to come to Christ. Yet no matter what he said, they only wanted to kill him. Paul also had plans on leaving Jerusalem and to start his fourth and last missionary journey to take the gospel where it had never gone before, to the west, past Rome, and on into Spain and into the western limits of the then known world. Yet in one moment, all his plans and desires unraveled before his eyes. I believe that we can safely say that by the beginning of verse 11, Paul is disappointed. Disappointment can arise over unfulfilled hopes and dreams. When life seems to take an unexpected turn in what to every visible indication seems to be the wrong direction. Disappointment can easily lead to discouragement. Now, discouragement is the loss of courage and strength in the face of what lies ahead. Discouragement says, you will never be able to overcome. You will never be able to make it through the setbacks you've experienced. Disappointment, combined with discouragement, then can spiral into depression. And depression says, what's the use? That may be where you are right now. If that is the case, then you need to hear this verse loud and clear. Look at verse 11 with me. Quote, And the night following, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. End quote. We don't know if, like on the Damascus Road incident, the room filled with a great light and a booming voice was heard from above. Or was it a quiet presence that came to him, like Jesus approached those two men on the Emmaus Road and spoke with a comforting whisper? But we do know this. Jesus was there. 
in what might possibly be one of the darkest moments of his life, Jesus was right beside his servant. Listen, Jesus does no less for us. Jesus' departing words that concludes the Gospel of Matthew made it clear, quote, And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world, end quote. This is reiterated in Hebrews 13.5, quote, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, end quote. In other words, like the old song sings, standing somewhere in the shadows, you'll always find Jesus. Jesus also brought words of encouragement. Be of good cheer, he said. Paul, lift up your chin. Paul, get your head up. Take courage. Why? Jesus basically tells Paul that this is not the end. Paul had nearly been killed twice, and in this same chapter, Jewish assassins were plotting to finish him off. He might have thought, this is the end. But Jesus says, I'm not done with you, Paul. When you follow the remaining chapters of the book of Acts, you will find time and time again, Paul surviving certain death to eventually make it to Rome and there testify of the Lord Jesus. I believe that the child of God yielded to the will of God is invincible until they accomplish the purposes of God. Child of God, be of good cheer. If you have a pulse in your veins, Jesus is not done with you yet. At the end of his life, I believe the Apostle Paul referred to this moment in 2 Timothy 4, 16 and 17. Here's what he said, quote, At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Missionary Darling Dobler Rose, who was captured by the Japanese during the years surrounding World War II, was taken to a death prison. The door of the cell she was taken to had these words written in chalk across the front. This person must die. When she was taken into the cell, she was in complete terror. In her autobiography, she said, quote, Suddenly, I found I was singing a song that I had learned as a little girl in Sunday school in Boone, Iowa. Fear not, little flock, whatever your lot. He enters all rooms, the doors being shut. He never forsakes, he never is gone. So count on his presence from darkness till dawn.